Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Straight Ready. It's been three months since our last podcast, so there's a there's not a lot to talk about, but we'll do a little catch-up on the season review. We've got the big question, a squad update, Broadfield buzz, and then of course added time at the end. Let's get going. Well, yes, hello and welcome to the Straight Red Podcast. It's been three months and nine days, or 101 days or 2,424 hours or 27.60% of 2020 or just a very, very long time since our last episode. But we are here. Welcome to what would have probably been episode 30, I think, counting back the weeks, but it's actually episode 24. We're alive and safe. We hope you are too as well. You and Sat just across me, uh, we're on the opposite sides of a bench outside where we would usually record. So you might get a few seagull noises, a few dog barks, a, a bit of wind, some rustling of leaves. But we're here and we're adhering to the social distancing policies that have been put in place. Ewan. How have things been? What What is there to catch up on in your life? Well, in my life specifically, there has been one major change. We are now a family of three. Little uh, 18th of April, Aussie Bear Dunlop was born um, at 12 minutes past 12. One extra cruelly tame fan um, during lockdown, at least. And how is it like being a parent? Uh, do you know what? I, I can't lie. He, he is absolutely perfect. He is angelic. Um, we, we've been fairly lucky, I think. We're very, very grateful. He's very healthy. He's very good. Um, and yeah, loving life. Absolutely loving life. But we are here to talk about Crawley Town. We are. And I believe March the 11th was when we released our last episode. No, you're shaking your head? No, I'm saying I'm, I'm sh- I can't believe it was that long ago. <laughs> <You're> correct. <laughs> yeah, so March the 11th was our last episode with Bruce Talbot in the studio. We released the interview separately with Bruce a couple of days before, but then that was our full episode on March the 11th. Um, we hit our 10,000th I can't even say it, 10,000th listen. Um, Since then, we've now hit over 11,000 listens. So that's over 1,000 listens without releasing a podcast over lockdown. People have not got much to do. It's good content. It is good content. That doesn't surprise me at all. People go back and... We know that people go back and listen to previous episodes, uh, which is it's great to hear. And I've got to say, if you haven't listened to the Bruce Tolbert interview, please do go and do that. It's not like it's time sensitive. It's not going to get old. Um, It was his stories of being at the club for for almost a decade. It was so interesting. And the feedback we got was brilliant. That was released on the 9th of March. We released the actual podcast two days later. So the feedback just from the Bruce Tolbert interview, just to let you know if you're not listening to it, um, brilliant, noble on his podcast. Thanks, Bruce, said Barry Jones. Nick Hilton said, just listen to the Bruce Tolbert special. Really informative. Well done, everybody. Alan Harper, another excellent, excellent, enlightening listen. Uh, Phil Brogio, a really interesting interview. Very easy to listen to. Thank you. And Roy Savage, excellent interview. And good to hear Bruce's thoughts from the inside. I was quite, <laughs> I was quite surprised he, like, he liked Dunford. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then two days later, we released the actual episode. That was episode 23. 
Um, and it, again, it was really, it went down really well. Baz Probert said, late to the party, but well worth the wait. Well done, fellas. Bruce Tolbert is a legend, can listen to his stories all day. And Liam Green said, um, already finished, early listener, brilliant podcast again. Nice to hear Bruce's thoughts on both of yours as usual. Keep it up. So what I got from that was... Everybody loved Bruce. Not not a lot of comments on the our, we need our, you back. our quality, but everybody loved Bruce, which is brilliant. We do love having um, guests in the show, and he was absolutely fantastic. So go and listen to episodes, uh, the Bruce Talbot interview and episode 23. Now, you mentioned this is, of course, episode 24, but it felt like episode 30. This is actually our 30th release. Oh, wow. Because we have specials and things which we don't yeah, count yeah. as episodes. So we've had several, like uh, Salim's interview, the CTSA interview with Sam Jordan and Bruce. This is our 30th release. Oh, quite a um, milestone there yeah, as well. Is, you know, there is always milestones. And like you said, 10,000th listen. So a massive, massive thank you. Now, we've got loads to talk about today. Um, so I thought I would put out a question on our Twitter feed at least, to get some um, information on how long you want this podcast to be. Because when we start recording, Jonathan, we never know how long the podcast is going to be. We've got a rough <laughs> idea. It's always around about 50 minutes to an hour. So I put out, how long, how long do you want episode 24 to be? Um, just shy of 100 uh, votes on it. 37% said 45 minutes to an hour. That's just standard, isn't it? Yeah, it's just standard stuff. 18% said 60 to 90 minutes. 18% said 90 minutes to two hours. 27% said, I could listen all day. <laughs> well, I suppose people have not really got much else to, to do. do and Absolutely. We, we do miss the football, don't we? So 63% want this to be at least an hour and up to 24. Now, it's the 20th of June today. Do you know what that means? It's the longest day of the year. Well, well, we we have all day to talk. We've then. got <laughs> we've got all day to talk to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pluck a number. I'm gonna say this is gonna be about ninety minutes. I reckon. Well, I guess. Uh, at least if we're not talking all day, I'll have fun editing, won't I? Do you know what? You, could, you whatever you say, you can edit it to be whatever you like. Absolutely. Um. So that's a little bit of feedback we generally do. Now, because there's so much to talk about, I also put a question out um, to listeners. What do you want us to talk about? Because there's so much happened. We could concentrate on the big things, talk about everything, just look at the nice stuff um, and leave the negatives. But we thought, you know what, let, let's let you decide. So we asked what do you want us to talk about. Reds fans said um, contracts, where we should, do you think we should strengthen um, because we have got a small budget and any tasty free agents knocking about. Reds, uh, CTFC JP said thoughts on ANG signing and a new contract and if Bears will leave. Steve said players that are out of contract, who do you want us to keep? Contracts again from Jed Jones, who would you bring back? And a Crawley Ballers review, we will talk about Crawley Ballers. Um, George said thoughts on the squad's potential, players out or in, season review, Crawley Ballers, etc. Phil What's happening with season tickets? Got some news on that. Um, EFL player season pass to secure some form of season ticket ongoing. When will fans be laying back in the ground? And James Adols, apart from some transfers and players leaving, it would be cool to talk about anything club related. What's your favourite thing from the Crawley Ballers menu and where you see us finishing next season? So I think we're going to cover all that. The one caveat I will say is love Crawley Town, love going to games. What I am not very good at. Reds fans asked for any free tasty any tasty free agents knocking about. If you ask me, Ewan, who's your most up and coming right winger across the league two? I haven't got a sausage, right? I'll put that out there now. I don't know about any other team. 
apart from Crawley. Okay, so that's we need we need Mr. Conyerum for that kind of stuff. We, yeah, so. and so Salim apparently um, he likes a winger. He, he'd be able to let us know who the best right wingers are in League Two. <laughs> um, right, that is the, the overview of what we're going to be talking about. Again, it's going to be a season review. Got a couple of big questions, a squad update, loads of stuff going on in Broadfield Buzz, and really littered with mine and Jonathan's thoughts on what the season's happened and where we can go next year as well. So, Ewan, we usually start with a match update, and um, uh, I'm thinking, when when was the last match? It was Saturday the 7th of March, and um, just in case you can't remember, we beat Oldham Athletic at home 3-0! Oh, yeah. Crawley won a good run of form, weren't they? Oh, yes, unfortunately. Uh, Ricky German, Nadison and Besla Barla all on the score sheet, putting Reds 12th in the table, ultimately 13th after points per game were introduced. That was our ninth game in a row unbeaten at home. We had nine games remaining. We were 10 points off the playoffs. I don't think we were going to make it, but it was a good time. Crawley Yems had got them playing well and we were sort of back in there and it's it's all been... Take it away from us. <laughs> yeah, Nadison scored three and three, I think. So that was his third goal in three games at that point. I agree with what you're saying about them not getting into the playoffs, but I think Crawley probably could have been pushing for their highest finish in League Two, minus obviously that promotion when they went up to League One, for, for quite some time, I think. I think we were on to something. Yeah, we've got some stats later on. So uh, <laughs> that was our match updates. Um, shall we move on to a full season review? Well, the joys of recording outside. We just spent a couple of minutes searching for one of uh, Ewan's dogs that uh, did a little run. But to you, it would have just been a jingle. Um, but now on to the season review, like Ewan said. But just before we do dive into all the stats and, uh, and talking points... I have a little game. But don't worry, it's not as bad as that jeans game. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Okay, good. <laughs> someone, someone brought that up the other day. Uh, that, was, that was our first episode, so we'll, we'll let it off the hook. So I've got five questions based upon our season. Uh, you can play along at home as well, if you fancy. See how well you, um, you know the season based upon five questions. I, I've, I'm under a little bit of pressure here. I'm, I love quizzes. I am confident. Go. Okay, so... Who was Crawley's top goal scorer this season? And for a bonus point, how many goals? Ollie Palmer, 13. I'm going to... Yeah, there's another player as well. Best Bala. Yes! I thought he was 12! Yeah. I thought he was 12! So, from the stats I've been looking at, apparently the top scorers were on 12. Oh, I, oh well, to be fair, I looked at BBC. And they... Can they or, be trusted? But I did look at the BBC as well, and they said 13 for both. Hang on. Here we go. I'm on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Um, Crawley Town, um, top scorers, and it says, Ollie Palmer, 14, Bezla Bala, 13. What? This is just new figures This now. is a horrendous, <laughs> this is, a, this is like episode one, Jonathan. <laughs> question two, uh, question two. I mean, everywhere says something different. Okay. Uh, name the player who's played the most minutes in a Crawley shirt this season. Oh, I... It's got to be Glenn Morris. It can only be the cat. It is not the cat. Is it Jordan Tunnicliffe? Yes, oh, it's Jordan Tunnicliffe. <laughs> Half a point. Do you want to have a guess within the nearest hundred, maybe how many minutes? Jo I think it's probably because Lion Barla played a few goals, a few games in the Carabao Cup. That's where Jordan Tunnicliffe took over. I reckon he only had maybe 150 minutes more than the cat. 
not too far off. He's had uh, roughly 400 more minutes. Okay, yeah, that's the Carabao Cup game. So yeah. okay. 45 appearances. Morris is on 39 appearances. Um, roughly about 3,900 minutes he's played. Okay, well, I was thinking the league, so I'm kind of right. Um, <laughs> and Lubala in third. He got more appearances than Morris, but I think from okay, substitutions yeah. kind of thing. Right, third question. What was our most frequent scoreline this season? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 2-1. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Want to name how many times? Seven. Oh, very close. Well, Eight times. Oh, You're very good I'm at very this. very good at this. Very good. Right. On to question number four. How many matches did we win away from home this season? Oh, God. Is this including the cup? This is not including the cup, just league matches. Okay, we beat Leighton Orient away, so that's one. We also beat Warsaw away in the cup, so it's two in total, one in the league. You know your season very I well. I know, I know my it stuff. It is the one. Fifth league game into the season. Um, so we really kind of set ourselves up to fall. We won, <laughs> well, both of those were in August as well. Yeah. yeah, so that was pretty sad. We've only won one away game all season. It is frightening. I'll co we'll come on to that in the season review as well. And... A, uh, the next question is a cycle back to right to the beginning of the season. Who scored our first league goal of the season? Uh, we lost 2-1 <laughs> away at Carlisle. It was Bez Labala. Am I, am I good or what? I'm astounded. <laughs> I am astounded. Thank you very much. Thank you very I've much. I've got a bonus question for you because you're so good. Go on. <laughs> How many times did Erdem Konya say Nolly Sadir? Oh, God. <laughs> On Twitter. <laughs> Is it in the hundreds? I mean, I don't have an oh, answer. Okay, it's just a, a ridiculous <laughs> amount of times. Well done. I think I think you've probably... I smashed that, didn't I? Yeah. I wonder how everyone else has done on and this. And just to add another one in, both of those uh, away wins were both 3-2 wins away. Oh, flex flexing now. Go. Flexing now. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder how you did at home. Do let us know in, in the comments whether you uh, were as good as you in. Thank you very much. Um, right, let's let's sort of do a season review. What, what I'm going to do first of all, just to see how things go. So there were, a lot, there were lots of changes during the season. Players coming in and out. Not too many, but there were changes. Of course, the manager changed as well. Here's a question for you. From our opening day starting 11, how many were also in the... Oldham game starting eleven, our last game of the season, March the seventh. Out of the out of the eleven, out of the 11 how, how many players were in both squads starting eleven? Um, I'm gonna say seven. Oh, five. Okay. Just about Morris, Cisse, okay. Tunnicliffe, Ferguson, and Labala. Um, uh, the the big missing one, of course, was uh, Philippe Marais wasn't there. I mean, you got people that were on the bench, but the starting eleven. I was surprised it was only five people were in the first and last game of the season. That's quite some change that's gone on. I mean, yeah, two different was. managers as well. Of course, yeah, different styles, um, attacking and more defensive, maybe. But uh, what I'm going to do now. I'm going to try and do, I, I've put together a season timeline, okay? I'm going to try and do it in two minutes. I'm going to do our entire season. You told me 90 seconds. I changed it. I, I just realised how many bullet points I've got. <laughs> I'm going to do the entire season in two minutes, okay? I'm looking forward to this. All right. Are you going to time it or should we just pretend I did it in two minutes? No, let, let, let's go for it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm getting the timer up. Nothing right. like a bit of pressure. So this is going to start on Saturday the 3rd of August and finish um, just after March the 7th. Okay. You okay. ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. 
go. Saturday the 3rd of August, Reds lose 2-1 away at Carlisle on the opening day of season. Labala score. Saturday the 10th of August, we beat much-fancied Salford 2-0 at home. Labala again scores. Couple of nights later, Tuesday the 13th, round one of the EFL Cup, we beat Walsall 3-2 away. Nadison scores Crawley's third, and it's Crawley's first cup win in 37 years. Tuesday the 27th of August, round two of the EFL Cup, we beat Premier League Norwich. Labala again, scoring his fifth in six games in front of 5,000. Third round for the second time in our history. Crawley go six unbeaten in the league um, and cup during August and September. 2nd of September, Philippe Moraes leaves Reds to join Oldham Athletic. 9th of September, Jimmy Smith um, joins Yeovil on loan. Tuesday, the 24th of September, round three of the EFL Cup. Reds beat Stoke City, one all in full time, winning 5-3 on penalties. Ollie Palmer scoring the winner penalty. And everything is good at Crawley, despite the loss of Smith and Moraes. Crawley are 8th in League 2. League form starts to falter. 26th of October, we lose 4-0 at home to Swindon. A couple of days later, we lose 3-1 at home to Colchester in round four of the EFL Cup, missing out on a fifth round tie with Manchester United. Saturday the 9th of November, FA Cup round one. We beat Scunthorpe 4-1 at home, three goals in the last 10 minutes. In traditional fashion, Crawley limp out of the EFL trophy with a whimper, played three, lost three. In October, we play seven, win one, draw one and lose five. In November, we play five, win one, draw one and lose three. Overall, play 12, won two, lost eight during that period. December the 1st, round two of the FA Cup, we lose 2-1 at home to Fleetwood. The next day, Chioffi is sacked. His last 20 games, won three, drawn six, lost 11. Crawley a 17th in the table after hitting the eighth earlier on in the season. 5th of December, John Yems was appointed manager until the end of the season. He starts his reign with two nil-nil draws. 10th of December, the club part ways with Kelly Derham causing, I'm going to call it, uproar. First five games in December for Yems, one one, drawn three, lost one. Our Boxing Day match um, at Crawley, we went 4-0 at home to Northampton. First time we've won on Boxing Day for a little while. Into January, Reds go five unbeaten. Smith extends his loan at the end of the season at Yeovil, unlikely ever to return. In January, we win two, draw three, lose one, with home wins over Forest Green and Bradford. 30th of January, John Yem signs a three-year contract extension to the end of the 22-23 season. Ten points from 18 in February, sees Crawley slowly climb through mid-table. On March, we win 3-0 versus Oldham in a perfect performance with German his first goal at home Nadison is seventh of the season Labala is 13th on the score sheet Reds are unbeaten in nine at home but we've not won away since the 24th of August versus Leighton Orient that's 17 games Crawley finished the season in 13th on the final points per game rating how do you think you did <sighs> I think it's under two minutes do you yeah Two minutes thirty-seven. Oh man, sorry. Not, not too bad. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was our season. Yeah. Um, I don't know about people listening, but listening to that, my um, emotions were up and down as you were going. It was through a it. roller coaster, wasn't it? It yeah. was. It was. <laughs> wow. Now that was really good to recap. Um, really takes your mind back to those high and low points of the season, and also, I guess, looking back on that Chioffe departure. Um, I mean, we. I was Choffe in still. You were Choffe out. I I agree with the decision. It was a big debate, wasn't it? I mean, Gabriel Choffe, let's have a quick look at this now. His entire reign at Crawley played or, or games 72, 121, drawn 15, lost 36. That's a win percentage of 29%. However, the reason he was sacked was 29%. Harry Kuehl was 30%. Dean Saunders, 33%. John Gregory, 28.5%. So he wasn't, it was sort of like similar to what we've had in the past. However, Choffey's last 18 games, 1-2, drawn 6, lost 10. A win percentage of 11% over his last 18 games. Uh, people got sick of it. Eventually the board got sick of it as well. 
yeah, I still remember that um, meeting outside the ground when uh, the the owner was there, and obviously all the board of or some of the board of directors, influential people were there as well, and there was just a large group of fans um, gathering around them. Uh, wanting to, you know, have an answer. And that was quite a hostile atmosphere and um, and how it's changed now. Do, do you think that was the day they said, you know what, we need to change this now? I wouldn't be surprised if it was because um, I think I caught in with a conversation, I think it was with Salim, if I remember rightly, where a fan said, look, what's going on? And um, I think Salim pretty much gave an answer of, you know, we're aware we're making a decision tomorrow. Um, so in the in the season as a whole for Chioffi, he, he had 26 games as Crawley manager. Um, he won seven of those this season. Um, but five of those were in August, the first month of the season. And he didn't go until December. Two wins between September, October, November and the start of December as well. Um, so no surprise whatsoever. Um, we look at, so then John Yems came in and everything sort of, it started off pretty slowly, but no doubt whatsoever. Abso- Stabilised the ship, didn't Absolutely. He? Again, I, I, I've been proven wrong. After five games, I think, he was given a three-year contract. I think it was three, three draws, a win and a loss. Um, looks like the right decision. Doesn't it? If you look at the last couple of months of the season, it looks like it might have been the right decision. Yeah, um, but also equally, um, he's not had that many games because of what's been called off. So I think it would still be right of us to um, to hold hold that judgment until maybe pre-season and we've started the next season. But certainly from what we've seen so far, it is an improvement. Now, something really to pick up on, Crawley's home versus away form, Okay. Here's some stats for you. Crawley Town, home games only. We've been ninth in the table. Played 19, won 10, drawn 5, lost 4. Goal difference of plus 11. 35 points from 19 games. Away form, 20th in the table on the away table. Played 18, won 1, drawn 10, lost 7. 13 points from 18 games. So ninth in the home table, 20th in the away table. It, it's such a mammoth gap. It's, it, it's, it's quite hard to get your head around how you can be so different away and home. You, you think if you're that good at home, you're going to be half decent away. To be fair, drawn 10 games. If you lose half of those, win half of those, it's a massive difference. And no other team um, in League Two drew 10 games away from home. Yeah, I think it goes down to that granularity of each game. Um, if I remember rightly, I think there was quite a few games where, which we ended up drawing, where it was a you know a, a moment in the match which decided that we conceded or where we scored just to stay on kind of thing. And it's like, well, it could have gone one way or the other. And like you say as well, three points out of either of those um, draws would have really changed how things ended up being. And if, if we'd won two of those draws then you get the extra two points. You're only six games away, six points away from the playoffs. Another one, you're only four points away. Is it a mental thing that Crawley just can't get over the line when they're away from home? It, it, it seems it must to be. be yeah. Um, also, is it the first season since that promotion to League One where we finished League Two with positive goal difference overall? Ah, oh, I didn't do that research. Well, I've just noticed that. I think it might be. I, I, I'll put my... Um, myself on the line and say it is. I wouldn't be surprised at all, yeah. I mean, for at home, we were plus 11 goal difference. Away, and this is, I've just realised this is quite interesting. Although we've played 18, only won one, drawn 10 and lost seven, our away goal difference is only, only minus seven. 
So we're not getting tanked away by any means. Um, like I say, a lot of those two ones were, were two one away losses, I, I believe. Anyway, um, so that's something to sort of fix, I think, over the course of next season. If we can keep up our home form and, and improve the away form, there's no reason why we can't continue to progress from 13th up to near the top 10 and get a little bit exciting like we were in the 8th position um, at the point of last season. I think during one game, during one home game early on last season, I'm sure we were fourth in the table at like half time. And then we drew or lost the game. Yeah, and went I down remember to this, actually. Yeah. I, in I the remember, commentary position, we were going mental. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember screen grabbing anything. I'm going to keep that. I think we were in fourth at one point at half time. Um, but hey-ho. Now, you're, I'm going to go my sort of just players of the season for me. Players I'm disappointed with and players I'm excited about next season. All right. So star players of the season for me, undoubtedly, Glenn Morris in goal. Um, how many years has he got left? I don't know. How long can he continue to do what he's been doing? Um, I think if it wasn't for Jordan Tunnicliffe, he'd have been player of the season again. However, Tunnicliffe, my word. What a defender. Um, rightly player of the season. We're going to go through the player awards a little bit later in Broadfield Buzz, but no surprise whatsoever. Player of the season. Glenn Morris, I've, I've no doubt, was a close second as well. Um, and that makes you feel like you're really solid at the back. You've got a great goalkeeper, a great central defender, but our defence is actually our weakest point and when we do a squad review shortly and um, we're going to look at the, the where we are with a squad at the moment we're going to come on to that um josh doherty for me was not the best player in the squad but a highlight for the season sort of stepped up to the plate when he was required um didn't have a great season the season prior but um, like i say stepped up to the plate did well in that position left back best labala can't not name him of course 13 goals ollie palmer 14 goals Danny Ballman just keeps going like a train. Panuche Kamara, again, getting better all the time. And Ashley Addison, despite injuries, um, seven goals to his name and looking like a real exciting player for next season if he can get sort of 40 games under his belt uh, in an entire season. So they're the players I was sort of highlighting. There's, I know there's more than that, but they're the ones I just wanted to highlight on paper. They're the ones that came to the forefront of my mind when I thought about great performances this season. Players I'm disappointed with. Um, I hesitate to say Ferguson, but I just think he can offer more than what he's offering at the moment. He was really built up to be a great player. And I think the first couple of games he played, he was amazing. And then he... Off. You know, some I think it might didn't his lack of effort. I'm not sure what it is, but he just didn't give what I thought we were, we were going to get from him. Similarly, Bloomfield, um, uh, Willie, you've hopefully you've done all the research that I asked you to do on the contract. He was still in contract, but Bloomfield, I'm not sure on Bloomfield's contract, but really disappointing. Don't worry, we have that all covered. Excellent, good. I'm leaving that to you. Um, I'm going to say Frankham, not because of him personally, but because I think he's criminally underrated and does not get enough game time. I'd love to see more of him next season. Um, I love Lewis Young, but after a red card on the first day of the season, never really got back in the squad when you had Cecil on the right and then you've got Dacus Cogley and Sandals White a little bit later on in the season as well. So disappointed that he, you know, he's always going to be a squad player. Um, we're going to come on to his contract in the squad update as well. And disappointing in how Smith and uh, Marais left, the way they left, I think, really, the, the, the breakdown in relationship with the manager. And I don't think it was sort of like the board's fault whatsoever, the breakdown with the relationship with the manager and lost two great players there. But saying that, once they left and once we'd got over it, I didn't really think about them in the last couple of months of the season because we had a fairly good depth of squad. Players I'm excited for for next season, 
Ashley Addison, Ricky German, and the continuation and progress of Jordan Tunnicliffe are my sort of ones to watch. And you've got, of course, um, Rhys Gregor Cox. Maybe if we can get Ashley Nathaniel George playing some more games as well. Um, but but notably, Nadison German and Tunnicliffe are the ones for me to watch in 2020, 2021. Yeah, I think you've covered it really well. The only other player I would maybe mention for a, a positive mention is Joe McNerney. I, I think um, he's obviously not had the, the most chances in, in stepping into the squad. But the chances that he has come in with, um, certainly after being given a few games to sort of get his... His uh his way into the squad and and settle in. I thought he was he was pretty good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And um, I've got on my notes uh, what does our squad look like at the moment for next season? We're going to come on to. And he he is he is fighting not Tunnicliffe, but he's fighting sort of like the Dallasons for the for the central positions to join Tunnicliffe. And we just want it takes me back to when we had um, Pablo Mills and Carl McFancy. You've just got a solid two on the team sheet. Every single week, those two are your two centre-backs um, and, and you build from there. Um, overall feelings on this season, Jonathan. Um, shall I do mine first and you yeah, chip in? Go you for do it. So 13th is progress. Finally, we've made progress. So um, our Mr. Zaya Aaron took over in March 2016. We finished 20th that season. Um, you can't attribute any sort of um, uh, credit or loss for, for him for that because he took over so late in this season. So from there, as we know, it's like playing an old record, but we want to be top 10 in, or in the championship in 10 years. Okay, so that's the last time I mentioned that phrase because it's... Um, <laughs> It, it was. It was. It's nice to be optimistic, but it was unrealistic. I think, uh, really. So from then on, sixteen, seventeen season, nineteenth, seventeen, eighteen season, fourteenth, eighteen, nineteen season, nineteenth, and now thirteenth. So it's it's a jump of six places. Um, Zaya Erin's best league position in, in four, I'm going to call it a full season, four full seasons. 13th is our best position. So it is progress. I do think we can genuinely, if we can build on the squad and not lose too many players, we can build on this and get towards top 10 next season. Um, we've got to, got to address the mismatch in home and away form. Um, it, it's like frightening. It's got to be rectified. We won four cup games in major cups this season. Again, I'm going to use the word progress again in league and cup. The highlight of the season for me was undoubtedly the flares under the floodlights versus Stoke City, the penalty shootout. What a night. That takes me back to sort of Derby County um, and that kind of cup run. You don't get those nights very often. That was one to be remembered. And we'll be talking about that for a long time. The low light... The following cup game, the way we limped out of the cup to Colchester in round four, that was painful. And a, a polar opposite in emotions leaving the stadium um, from Stoke compared to Colchester. Um, so great progress. I hope we can build on it. That was a real wrap up of my overall feelings. Um, Jonathan, what's, uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I really think that the cup run really adds to it, doesn't it? it it's kind of like that nice um, add-on on the side that really gives... Uh, a strong emotion to uh, what could be otherwise a bland season. I think without a cup run, um, it is kind of just like, uh, I don't know, It's I feel like a cup run's always a thing that people come back to to say that was a great memory this season. It's more usually because of being a good cup run than because of a, a specific league game. Yeah, I mean, no matter who you're playing at home, in the past we've had Coventry at home, Wolves at home, Bradford, etc. Some big teams coming to us in league games. But when you're walking towards a stadium... For FA Cup round one, 
it's a different feeling. It's it's really exciting. It's proper football, especially on like a, a Tuesday night, the Carabao Cup games are. But nothing compares to the Cup. Yeah, and as we sit here and talk about the Cup runs, we've both got a smile on our face. So I think that, that says it all, really. Um, I suppose for me, my, my overall roundup of the season would be, yes, it is progress. And I, I think kind of if you're doing that whole kind of pretend analysis of where the trajectory of Crawley's season was going, I would say it would be progress. Where we ended up finishing... I would say I'm, I'm feeling a bit, uh, bit, bit in the middle, like not not one way or the other. I'm not underwhelmed, but at the same time, I'm not overly pleased. It's it's nobody nobody goes out to start a season hoping to finish mid table, do they? <laughs> but we've got to be realistic. Again, those last four league positions are twentieth, nineteenth, fourteenth, and nineteenth. Thirteenth is it just got to accept it's okay, um, and again we we hope to build on that next season. Now looking at next season's opponents, um, just confirmed coming up from the National League is Barrow. I took where Barrow was on a map. I was very disappointed to find out it's in the bloody Lake District. <laughs> Not that I, I, I absolutely love the Lake District. It's just a long. Long, not that I go to away games. I'm speaking on behalf of GH coaches here. It's another long, long trip away from home. Um, and currently coming down from League Two. I think it, I think this is approved but yet to be ratified by Correct, the yeah. FA. It's going to be Bolton, Southend, that's a good one, and Tranmere. So Bolton's going to be nice. What's it called now? It used to be the Reebok. What's it called now? Is it the Macron or something like that? Uh, some other sponsorship name. Um, so Bolton's going to be a good one to go away to. Southend's nice and close and um, Tranmere so at the moment um, Barrow, Bolton, Southend and Tranmere but we don't know who's going to be leaving us yet. I think also from the National League in the playoffs um, is currently new uh, Notts County hope to God they don't come up that would be hilarious <laughs> yes what a, um, what a small world that would be mm. um, so I guess you've already kind of alluded to it but something I just wanted to stick in for people who weren't fully sure of the, the rules and regulations that the EFL have stated for how they will end this season um, there is, or there was, nothing in in the uh, kind of rules that the club sign up to when they join the AFL saying about ending a season before all of this. So this all had to be um, proposed to the clubs and then had to be signed off by all the clubs in the Football League because, you know, the AFL manages the whole Football League. And then within that, I believe 50% of clubs in the whole of the Football League had to have you know, agreement with it. And then on top of that, 50% of clubs, at least in the championship, had to agree with it as they, you know, the, the top league, I think they carry a bit more weight with all of this. So as you've already alluded to, it was agreed between League Two clubs that this season would be settled on unweighted points per game. It was initially talked that it might be weighted points per game, but it's unweighted. Playoffs are still taking... Weighted meaning home and away is counted differently. Yeah. yeah. And um, playoffs are still taking place. In fact, uh, the first leg, I think, from recording the podcast took place yesterday um, and probably the second leg will be taking place when you're listening to this podcast, maybe around that time. So we'll know who's in the playoff final by that time anyway. They'll gain promotion to League One. Um, and I think the club said that they didn't want a relegation, but I believe as it stands currently, um, Stevenage will be relegated <laughs> But it's it's still to be fully ratified based upon disciplinary proceedings. But also, I believe that EFL have got some sort of duty of care towards Stevenage in that they've got to check that the National League will be playing next season. If they're not playing next season and starting the 2020-2021 season, 
then I think Stevenage may stay in this league. And also, you say Stevenage, it might be Macclesfield. Well, it could be, yeah. They've got a 10-point deduction pending, so it could be Macclesfield or Stevenage. Um, I've got to say, Cheltenham Town won their first leg 2-0 um, away at Colchester, was it? Um, Cheltenham's my, my hometown, actually, and it, it's handy for me if Cheltenham are in League 2, to be honest, so I'm hoping they lose the second one or the final. Um, I'm sure they'll love you saying that. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of like a wrap-up, I suppose, of this. And we've we got still got more coming up, but that's the overall view. Um, we did put a big question out for you, because that's our thoughts, but we're really keen to know your best and worst bits. So we did ask, ahead of episode 24, let us know what your season best bit and worst bit worse. So I'm going to read a few out, Jonathan. Is that okay? Go for it. So first of all, Joseph Sharp said, best bit was the Stoke shootout win and the worst bit was the Colchester Cup defeat. Exactly. Completely agree. Um, Alex Burke said, worst part for me was the last few months of 2019. Choffey gave the club some great nights, but it was obvious we needed a change and the club delayed the occasion far too long. Best bit was the last few games, played really well in Gems, building a decent squad. Pat Harper said, I think the worst part was the away form. We just didn't have to luck some time. And the best bit was the cup run beating Norwich and Stoke and the buzz around the ground. Now Yems has got the team playing. Ivan Knoll said the best was Stoke and the worst was not being able to complete the season. James Eddles, best bit has to be the Carabao Cup run, shedding a tear, seeing that penalty, a Palmer penalty go in. Worst bit has to be either the Colchester game, especially the free kick or losing to Swindon. I'm not sure why, but I was really mad after that game. John Lucy said the appointment of John Yems and the Lee Bradbury was the best bit the worst bit giving Lewis Young a two-year deal and um, completely agree that should have been three or four years at least <laughs> um, Andrew Kay said the best bit was the League Cup run the worst bit how the club dealt with and communicated the Kelly Derham situation um, and removal of chips from the menu we will talk about Kelly a little bit later and the removal of chips from the menu no uh, Andy Salmon said for me the best bit was the away fans trip such as the Orient and Salford plus performance on Boxing Day that was good um, the worst bit was the performance during October and November and the lacklustre way we went out of the cup after beating Norwich and Stoke. So much of people disappointed by that Colchester game. Liam Green said the best bit was the Carabao Cup run or the turnaround when John Yems came in. The worst has to be the disappointing end of Choffey's run at the club. Been a decent season altogether, though. Reds, uh, CTFC JP said, best bit for me has to be the Northampton away. Limbs for that last minute equaliser. Unfortunately, I missed the Stoke and Norwich. Worst bit was Colchester in the cup without a shadow of doubt. Couldn't get over that for weeks. Jed Jones said, best bit had to be the bigger had Best bit had to be bigger crowds. It was good to see, even if it was up a cup run. Um, at night, it felt like the old atmosphere. Worst bit was has to be the way it ended. We were on a good run and could see us finishing a lot higher. And finally, GH Travel. They say the worst part was the season's curtailment as we were increasing in numbers of supporters travelling to away games on the coaches. The best bit was being able to offer £10 for travel and taking two coaches to league matches Northampton and Salford. Thanks for all who travelled with us. And um, a big thanks there to Hong Kong Paul which allowed them to do that £10 offer. So some real themes going there. The cup run and the way the cup run ended, um, bits and other pieces. But uh, I think a lot of people kind of, uh, we're all on the same boat, really, aren't we? Yeah, um, my best. So is it, this is the big question, isn't it? That was that was the big question. I feel yeah. like the, the big question was made a little bit little there. We just slid into the it. The big question, <laughs> your best and worst bit from the season. I'll read them out again. Alex Burke said. <laughs> so my best bit of the season is Bruce's phone ringing over the tannoy. That was, oh, um, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That was cracking. And I'm sure he'll love me bringing that up again. My worst bit is hardly winning any games on the road. 
I'm yeah. still quite sad. Yeah, by that. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. How about you? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, the, the best bit for me, again, was like the, the cup run under the lights, especially, and the way we went out in the cup. Um, the the away form is disappointing, but I'm talking about uh, like a worse particular bit. Um, yeah, just I, it's the most disappointed I've been sat in the stadium when we went out to Colchester. And you could sit, even at our time, you knew this was the end. The, the performance just wasn't there. Choffy didn't have them going. And the way we'd gotten there, especially beating Norwich and Stoke, um, yeah, painful. But again, on a whole, it was progress. And, More and we painful than the cup exit to United. Um, yes, a lot more painful because that was, I don't think anybody at all expected we were going to be at Manchester United. So it was just a, a nice day out. But Colchester, we were looking forward to another nice day out. And it just so happens um, the next night out the hat came Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, that's pain- just, that, that just is, to rub the salt in there. That's very painful. Um, just one thing, um, before we move on to like the squad update, I did read on Sky News and other sources on the 12th of June, so last week, that the um, the government ministers in charge of, I don't know, people... Um, <laughs> are, <laughs> is it probably culture, media and sports? Yeah, or they're, they're trying to get fans back in the stadium for September. Oh. Which won't be the... S- are we going to delay the start of next season? I don't even know. Well, they might play pre-season behind closed doors, but then yeah. is that viable for, for clubs like Crawley? I mean, we've we've had a big break, so that is effectively your, your break to recuperate R&R. Um, League two aren't... I've got nothing to do now apart from those in the playoffs, so I don't see why we can't start the season on the on the correct date um, and back in stadiums for September. That's Ooh. probably providing that, you know, everything stays uh, kosher and happy and... Uh, we don't see a massive spike again after everyone's summer holidays. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if there was a new rule. You could only have a maximum of 500 fans in the stadium. Who do they choose? How do you pick? Yeah, <laughs> Is it first come, first served? Or is it straight red commentators come first? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, put, I'm putting a bid in. Um, right. Um, is that enough for a season roundup, do you think? I think so. I mean, inevitably, we could talk about this season yeah, forever. And there's yeah. so many different areas that we haven't even touched upon. But I think for a podcast, we've, we've done a pretty good job. And there's some things we haven't touched on that will come up in Broadfield Pass. But let's move on. Let's do a squad update. Right. So on to a, uh, a little roundup of what the squad looks like. Who's out of contract? Who's had their contract renewed? Who's saying goodbye? Who we're saying hello to? That kind of thing. And you and I've, I've got a big old spreadsheet because I couldn't think of any other way to keep uh, my hand over all of the different players. We've got quite a few players. I didn't realise how many we had in the squad. But um, first off, I'll start with a, a little quote taken from the West Sussex County Times, 20th, 28th of April um, this year, in which uh, Erdem Konya has given us a little glimpse into maybe his, uh, his transfer policy or, or how he's going to play things this season. Um, he's basically saying he's not that fussed in the sense that he's um, not going to get relegated. So he, he knows that the club's you know, pretty safe in that sense. And um, the players that uh, people are talking about, like Ollie Palmer, in, in terms of whether we're going to keep him or not, he's not bothered about signing him up to a big contract at the moment because he, he's got Ricky German, Ashley Nellison. They're both on contracts that will see them through for another couple of years for now. Specifically saying also that the big problem is in the, in the general scheme of things going forward is still up for grabs. 
that that's where he stood on at the beginning of April. That may change, um, obviously, the further we go through the transfer window, because I suppose he's speaking at a point where there's a lot of financial questions being made. Is can they afford to keep these players signed on? Yeah, do you know what? You, everything we talk about, you've got to take into uh, put it in context that with what's happened with coronavirus. The financials are just up in the air. So it's all well and good to uh, saying, oh, we should sign him, should sign him, should sign him. Why do we let him go? Why do we let him go? Um, it's all going to come down more than ever to money. Um, and, and every League Two club and League One and whatever is in the same position. There's been no income for three months and there's not going to be any income um, until August, September either. And even then you might not get gate tickets and things. No, you've got sponsorship money coming in, sort of trickling in if it's on um, sort of monthly payments. But... Is there is there a clause in those contracts to say, you know what, we're getting no exposure. So do we have to pay our sponsorship contracts? Who knows? So every, everything comes back to money. Interesting statement, though, that he's not fussed about Oli Palmer. And also, the, the is it like the strategy is up for grabs, essentially, did you say? I think in terms of where they, uh, where they navigate with things in terms of transfers... Um, Basically, I think he's saying is that the the club is not defined by one or two players. The club is bigger than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is, uh, you know, a statement rightly to say. Yeah. But obviously, there are some players where which fans will hold quite highly and be, you know, questioning as to why maybe we're just letting them go on a free. Yeah. Well, well let's uh, let's delve into that. So, what I'll do first of all, I know you've got your spreadsheet, but what <laughs> color coded? <laughs> what I will do is just go through the confirmations first of all. Okay. So the first, and these are stories that have been on the website. You've all seen them, hopefully. But just to keep us up to speed, this is officially now. So first of all, um, Crawley Town can confirm this evening that we will not be renewing the contract to Jimmy Smith for the 2021 season. Smith made 30, Smith 33, made 169 appearances in all competitions, scoring 19 times. Technical director Adam Conyer said after several discussions over the last few days, it comes with a heavy heart to announce that we'll be not continuing with Jimmy Smith in the new season. It's disappointing, but not a surprise. Yeah. Six years at the club, though, so his contract does end at the end of this month. So he will be, I, I guess, going on a free. And he and he goes away with a massive thank you and congratulations and well done from us. Um, Maybe uh, not the send off we expected, though. It's, it's a disappointing send off, definitely. But um, we thank him for his services, absolutely. And it's a real shame that we couldn't keep him uh, for longer. Maybe past his peak, but still a, a, a great player. And um, uh, thanks for all your um, services, Jimmy. Next one, Crawley Town Football Club are delighted to announce a two-year deal for fullback Lewis Young, who will remain in West Sussex for a further two seasons. Lewis has made 240 appearances for the Reds, scoring five times. When I saw this come through, I thought, has, has Ewan, you know, stuck in an extra 20k or something <laughs> to have pay his contract or something? Um, I, w- I was not surprised, but gutted to see some of the comments coming back when Lewis Young signed that contract. Okay, Lewis Young, 240 appearances, a store at the club, uh, a fantastic ambassador, one of the nicest guys you could ever wish to meet. Young family, young children, young wife, or not young wife, uh, uh, same age as him ish. <laughs> <laughs> Painting a real picture there. But how can you not be happy for a guy like that not to guarantee his income for the next two years? He's got a mortgage, got a family. He's never going to be starting 11 every single week and week out. But he's got the experience. He can fill three or four positions. He's going to be on the bench a lot on next season, I think. But 
if you've got injuries, he can play right back, he can play right wing, he can come into the middle a little bit, he can run. He's not the best tackler in the world, but he can defend. Why would you not want somebody in that squad? He, he's not going to be on big money, Lewis Young, okay? He might be on, I don't know, I'm going to say a grand a week or something like that. Not not a lot more than that, not, not less than that either. Um, how you can be not be happily for him as an individual and as a person, I understand if it's disappointing, you know, you want, you want a better player in the squad than that maybe. But for a guy that's been at the club so long, I think it's a bit shameful to be so openly angry and disappointed about that young lad um, getting a contract. And, and Mark Connolly was the, one of the first ones to come back and support him. What a great guy he is to have in the changing room and uh, and well done to Lewis and I, I completely agree and I actually put a tweet out and it got a lot of attention and likes so I think a lot I think the silent majority actually approve and and, and are thankful for, for Lewis's services and I'm um, happy to see him staying for a bit longer and I suppose in some way that's probably qualities that money can't buy because he's been around the squad since 2014 so same length as Jimmy Smith um, and like you say, great in the dressing room. That's that's really not something you can then just buy in a player who can do that. You can't put a price on that. Yeah, he's got so much experience in League Two now. Um, and and we are a uh, we are a club that brings in a lot of young players from from non-league. And to to go under his wing, I think it's a great thing to have. Most definitely. Um, so congratulations, Lewis. Next one, another two-year contract. The club are delighted to, lay, delighted to announce that midfielder George Frankham signed a new deal to keep him at the stadium in front of the two years. Frankham joined the Reds at the start of the 18-19 campaign in a move from AFC Wimbledon. Since then, the versatile midfielder has made 66 appearances for the Reds in all competition, registering six assists. That 66 games is more than I thought he had, actually. I didn't think he played that many times this season, or not enough, at least, anyway. Um, but good to see him. It's another solid midfielder, um, really strong squad player. Um, a new signing now, I'm going to move on to, a two-year contract for Sam Matthews, uh, with the club holding an option for a third year. Matthews, 23 years old, will officially join the club in August, having been released by League One side Bristol Rovers. Um, and he actually got, when Bristol Rovers beat us in the cup, um, Sam Matthews actually got man of the match in that game for Bristol Rovers. Um, he's a midfielder, born in Poole, started his career with John Yems at AFC Bournemouth and has subsequently enjoyed loan spells at Braintree and most recently Eastleigh, so non-league stuff. But again, that relationship with John Yems, I've no doubt, has proved pivotal in getting that deal done. And Erdan Konya said, it's an exciting signing for the club. Yeah, I spoke to a Bristol Rovers fan incidentally yesterday um, and he mentioned about Sam Matthews and... Um, how sad he was to see him go. He describes him as a technically gifted player who's got quite a kind of a, like a low centre of gra gravity and, you know, can play out skillful passes uh, and kind of, I guess, spread the ball out and help that play happen. So in that sense, very exciting. The only one thing I'd uh, wrap this with is apparently he's been out all season or pretty much all of the season through injury. I was, so, I was trying to look for his stats for this season. I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, like not much game then. time. Yeah. So it's just a question, I suppose, of how quickly can he get up and running to that potential he has. Maybe we have to give him a bit of time before fully casting our judgment. And the last bit of confirmation, the club are delighted to announce that they have triggered the option of three key squad players. So Ashley Nathaniel George will remain at the club for a further two years, whilst Josh Doherty and David Cissé have also extended their contracts for another, another one year. Um, I think that's a great trio to sign up. Ashley Nathaniel George had a great season sort of two years ago, 
didn't really kick on this season, but to hopefully next season that can come back. And Josh Doherty, David Cisse, um, they're sort of your, your left and right-handed side um, wing-backs or, or defenders. And it's it's... Josh Doherty, not the best left back in the world, but a good squad player um, as when you need him. And just this is this is not official. This is a speculation one. Then I'll let you carry on. Um, Jamie Sendles White, by all accounts, uh, is leaving or has left Crawley Town. Not officially announced by the club, but but by going by his social media. Unfortunately, Sendles White um, will no longer be a red uh, next season. Yeah, so pretty much all of the players that you've mentioned there with contract renewals will be running out of contract in 2022 at the end of that season, bar Josh Doherty and David Cisse, whose contracts uh, run out at the end of next season. So this coming season, just just about to start or in a couple of months, we'll be starting. But I suppose if we run through and have a look, first of all, at players who are potentially out of contract um, at the end of this season. So at the end of this month, in fact, I believe is when contracts run out. So what, 10 days time now from when we're recording this podcast. Um, <clears throat> so first up, Jamie Sendles white like you mentioned, um, but it sounds like he's already on his way out. Um, so that's... I mean, for me, I think sad to see it was nice to have uh, a defender in, in the club who I thought was fairly solid, like he wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, and it's always good to have that reassurance that you've got someone who can come in if, if one of your main centre-backs gets injured. But clearly not for Crawley. Um, also, will be worth prefacing all of this with the fact that all of Crawley's statements so far have said stay tuned, more transfer news to come. So this might change come uh, next week, but uh, we'll plough on for now. Midfielder, I'm, I don't think I've ever heard of his name, but he's uh, he's listed as on the uh, squad list. Paolo Okor- Okoye. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I've probably pronounced your name horrendously wrong. I think he might be I, part of... I don't of... think he's listening, Jonathan. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> you can live in hope, can't we? I think he's part of the under-18s. Um, his contract runs out this summer. Taran Alarakia, he also runs out this summer. Would you oh, sign him? Mm, no. Sorry. I would give him another one-year deal. I think he's been pretty good. You know what? Depends what they're getting paid, isn't it? Oh, yes. At the end of the day, we're not privy to that information. Josh Payne, he signed in 2016 from Eastleigh. His contract uh, runs out this summer. He signed a contract extension uh, two years ago, but that now runs out this summer. Would you keep him? I'd give him one year. Again, kind of underused. He went out on loan a couple of times, didn't he? Has. He has. He's been out on loan this season at Ebb's Fleet and, uh, and he came back I like, recently. I, I like him. So you would? Yeah, one year. Okay. Then, of course, Jimmy Smith, we know, is officially leaving the club, but his contract was out this summer as well. Danny Bullman, his contract's up this summer. Four years extension. <laughs> I was expecting something big like that. Yeah, I mean, he is a player currently in the squad who has contributed over his three stints the most to Crawley. Um, still think he's going strong. Absolutely. Yeah. He, there's no sign of decline at all every year. Surely this is the last year. Surely it's his last year. No decline. Carry on. Yeah, in fact, that seems just a little bit mean because they're not really giving him much stability. Hashtag testimonial, please. Yeah. He definitely needs one. Um, we could bring back players like Tubbs, McFadstein. Yeah, it'll be wonderful, won't it? Um, Ibrahim Maite. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, he's out uh, this season. He spent a lot of uh, this season on loan. Uh, the second half of the season to that Bulgarian side that everyone got quite happy that they knew <laughs> Bulgarian team. Pirin Blagovrav. I don't think it's pronounced like that. 
Go on. <laughs> Say it with confidence. It's fine, isn't it? Panusha Kamara. He's Is out. he up? He's up this uh, summer, I believe. Uh, you, you've got to at least give a year extension then sell, because he's worth money. Not a lot, but it'd be silly to think to let him go for a free. But if another club comes in, ones that have been watching him, and offer him double what we're offering him in wages, we've got absolutely no chance. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. I think I'd be disappointed. Wouldn't be surprised to see another club come and pay a bit more for him in wages. Because he joined in 2017, signed a two-year contract, and then signed a year extension last summer. So I do think he loves the club, though. Yeah, I genuinely do think he really enjoys uh, playing for Crawley Town. So, well, he might be a, another player that's announced in the updates to come. Who knows? And the last player contract out this summer is Ollie Palmer. I, I, I very much doubt we'll ever see Ollie Palmer playing in a red shirt again. Well, um, 14 goals. Uh, I, I just don't think we can compete on wages. And going by what Erdem Conyer said, um, if he's not fussed about Ollie Palmer... Um, Again, shame, but I think we've got great backup now in Nadison, um, German. Um, if Kamara stays, who knows? Not Bloomfield, but oh, maybe are a bit weak up the top, actually. <laughs> Looking at it again. Um, but again, it's a position to fill. Nadison and German will be a starting two, I think, next season. Um, uh, of course, Le- I always think Labal is a midfielder, but he can play up front as well, so... If Palmer goes, it's not the end of the world. Like like, like <laughs> Adam said, one player doesn't. You don't revolve a player around one, the squad around one player, do you? Very true. So now onto the kind of the media section, which I'll brisk over a little bit more quickly. Um, these are players whose contracts are due up next year, so the end of this coming season. Morris, he's on the list, <gasps> although I believe he's still got an option for a further year in his contract. So I, yeah. I presume that will be extended unless yeah, he has an absolutely horrendous. He's crawling down for life. Um, Alfie Jones, the backup keeper, he's up at the end of next season. Haven't seen enough to make a judgment. Nope, not at all. He's he's also pretty young, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't imagine he's on much. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if they possibly extend him just to keep him there for experience, kind of thing, and send him out on loan. Maybe uh, uh, someday somebody's got to take over from Glenn Morris. One day, um, I don't know when that day is going to be. It might be next season, it might be the season after. But we need somebody in and around the squad, getting to know the team um, regularly. I think goalkeeper is is probably one of those positions where you don't need to be integrated with the squad as much as you do if you're a midfielder or somebody out on the on in the outfield. But um, yeah, it would be nice to see, just have a, a bit of confidence that, you know what, when Glenn Morris goes, at least we've got X. And X might be Alfie Jones. So Joe McNerney is another player. And then Jordan Tunnicliffe, George Forrest, who we haven't really seen much of, but he was signed as a free agent last year. Josh Doherty. Would you... Would you give him another one? Um, I mean, it, 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 it depends how next season goes, really, doesn't it? I think it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big call to make a judgment on any player's contract ending next season. I think he's made a lot of uh, progress this year, and I think it, I'm happy to have him in the squad. Yeah, so obviously him and David Cisse have just recently had their contracts extended, but only by a year. Then Jack Powell, he's up. We haven't really seen much of him. No, he's another player not seen enough of to make um, a, 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 a really sort of fair opinion of. Van Velzen, he's up. Really haven't seen much of... No. He signed with somebody else, didn't he? It was Van Velzen and Badoué was the other one, but Badoué is already... Then Bezla Bala, he's up, but I think he's got an option for a third year on his contract if that needs to be exercised. Yeah, fantastic. Felipe Marais. Now, this is an interesting one. Apparently, he's still on the Cubs books until 2021. Yeah, I was thinking that. And he's that. due to return from his season-long loan to Oldham because it was just a season-long loan. But, but he said a big goodbye. Yeah, and he moved up there for family reasons as well. Yeah. I, we'll, I, I would put £10 on it that we'll never see Felipe again. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I think he's a really nice guy. And he yeah. was always quite responsive to our um, tweets and things as well. He was, he was. He, he really interactive. Really, not, I like having those kind of players in the squad. Well, Felipe, if you're listening, DM us. Let us know what's going on. What, what world are you living in? <laughs> Why are you talking to players through the podcast? <laughs> People listen. Surely they do. We can't just be talking to ourselves. That would be really mad. Brian Gallack, he's the final player who's due up um, at the end of... Uh, next season he does also have an option for a further year but it seems like you wouldn't take that um again not uh, people that saw him in the pre-season friendlies i think he played some um like league trophy games as well and they said good things about him but for me he's just too small isn't he he is quite small that is something that it's just not somebody i visualize in my head as a as a professional football like a league two player or going up to league one and and making I, i i just can't see it in my head so now onto the players that are definitely safe. I think we've touched upon a lot of these already. How many are there? Four? And there's quite a few. Dallison. So these players are the contracts due up in two years' time, so the end of 2022. Adebowale, he's up in two years' time as well. Lewis Young, Sam Matthews, Nathan Ferguson, George Frankham, Reese Grugo Cox, Ashley Nathaniel George, Ashley Nadison. Ricardo German. They're all players that are going to be with us for quite some time, unless, of course, they get signed. So we, we, we've got a, a good sort of um, starting ground, haven't we? I mean, yeah. more than good, actually. So what I tried to do was, as of this very moment, what would our squad look like if we were playing the first game of the season next week? Okay, And this is kind of what I, I saw. So in goal, you've got Morris with Alfie Jones as backup. The back four, now this is difficult, because uh, uh, I'll let you know, I've got Lewis Young in it, because <laughs> I, I couldn't find another right back. So I've got Doherty, Tunnicliffe, Dallison and Young. You're back four. Um, I'm no doubt whatsoever Young will be replaced. Um, other defenders are McNerney and Adam. You, you wouldn't have Cissé in instead of Young? I've got him in playing right wing. Okay. That's just, I, look, I just threw this together, all right? Don't <laughs> pick at me. I'm just saying. So you're back four. Doherty, Tunnicliffe, Dallas and Young. You could put Cissé right back, of course, but then I had, couldn't find a, like, a right winger. Um, the defenders on the bench can be McNerney. And Adebowale. In midfield, I've got Labala, Bullman, Frankham and Cissé with Sam Matthews, of course. Don't know where he's going to play, particularly in the in the midfield yet. Ashley Nathaniel-George, Rhys Grugger-Cox, Payne, Ferguson and Powell. OK, so loads of midfielders. And then up front, I've only got Nadison and German. And then on the mysterious bench, I've got Kamara and Bloomfield, which... Kamara might not be there and Bloomfield's not good enough. So the weak points, as far as I can see, are most definitely um, fullbacks. Both sides, Doherty and Young, wouldn't be my let's go in chase promotion places squad. Um, we've got plenty of midfielders to choose from at the moment. So I think we need two fullbacks and another maybe two strikers. And just to pick up on the point of Bloomfield, he was on a season-long loan, so he's returned. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, fine. Um, (laughs) So he's not part of the club. That is my mistake. Okay, take him out. All you've got then is Nadison and German. Um, Of course, Labala can play striker as well, but I've just stuck him as a midfielder because that is what he officially is, I suppose. Um, And if if Kamara goes, we've only got Nadison, German and Labala. And also, um, on the point of loans, Josh Dacris Cogley as well. Was he? I mean, I presume you haven't mentioned him, so I presume he didn't stick out in your mind. No, but he's no, no. returned. Um, um, yeah, I mean, he was a good player, but I, I was aware of that one. Yeah, so I mean, what you want really is at least two people in every position, don't you? And we and we haven't we've got that in midfield, but fullbacks and strikers. I think we need. I think we need to sign four more players. 
So, yeah, I think I agree with where, where the gaps are. I, I certainly think we need to strengthen that bench. And it's always hard when you sign people to be a squad rotation player. It's like, well, do we just sign someone who's just a little bit naff in the hope that they'll become better? Or do we sign someone who's really good who will challenge that person who's currently in the first-team squad? Yeah. Um, Jonathan, we've been here ages already. Shall we go on to Broadfield Buzz? Yes, it's on to my favourite section. And like you said, you we've already been here quite some time. We're probably going to be here for quite some time longer because Broadfield Buzz is notoriously long. I don't think it's going to be as long as the season review and squad list combined because I've only got sort of six, seven things. Some of them are conversations. Some of them are just, oh, by the way, did you notice this? So, Well, this, this is where all the tasty stuff happens, yeah. isn't it? So if, if, you, if this is your first time listening to Straight Red, Broadfield Buzz is where we talk about things off the field primarily. Okay, so it's not about the plays, it's not about the squad, it's not about the team or performances. This is things going on elsewhere around the club. So first of all, I tried to put this in some sort of chronological order and then I gave up. So first of all, end of season awards, just for those that weren't aware. Um, CTSA young player went to Bez Labala. Innovation fire and security goal of the season went to Danny Bowman versus Colchester. Most improved player went to Reese Grego Cox. People's pension player of the season was Jordan Tunnicliffe. And deterrent removals moment of the season was the Stoke penalty shootout. Can't argue with any of that, can you? No. All spot on? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Fantastic. And uh, well done to Tom Cameron and Sam Gadsden for presenting that. It was It's a, it's a weird end to the season. So they had to do a video. Um, obviously, it couldn't a be done. Zoom for, awards. It, it was a Zoom awards, yeah. Um, so well done to those guys for putting that together. It is available on the club's YouTube channel. Um, right. Keeping on sort of social media. The next two bits of social media here, okay? So we've been pretty quiet over the last three months because we were a podcast, couldn't do one. We always give our opinions on bits and pieces, but we, we've been quieter than usual. Somebody who hasn't been quiet, who's been brilliant, has filled the gap for us, is Reds fans, spelt R-E-D-Z-F-A-N-Z-Z. I think every other spelling combination was taken on Twitter, so they just got to fit So they, these guys um, are a new sort of content provider. They're currently showing uh, regularly on Saturday and Tuesdays via YouTube matches from our conference winning season in full uh, with commentary as well. Which is, I've watched several of them and they are really, really good. And you, you generally get between sort of 50 and 100 people watching these games. You can use a chat box as well and talk about it. So it's really, really good. It's, I think Come it's on, a, you Reds. I think it's especially those that were there at the time and it's sort of like reminiscing, not maybe more so the, the, the newer fans who weren't there. Um, but it's really worthwhile watching and it's really nice to see. And at half time, they always do a, um, a QA or generally do a QA with a player that was in the squad that day or in the squad that season. It's, they're doing really, really well. But not just that, they get involved on social media generally. Every day they do a former Reds player and a bit of stats about them. And they do a rate of player season out of 10. It, it, it's just so good to have somebody else providing some um, extra new content online. E everything is welcome. I think it's been really, really, um, really enjoyable, Reds fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just to get my head round this, is this uh, the the replay of the games? Is that backed by Hong Kong Paul at all? Is he running that or? Um, he's definitely involved. Um, I'm not. I couldn't say what his involvement absolutely is, but it's definitely sort of like a combination. No, just because I've seen his tweets. Yeah, it's so. definitely a combination between those two guys. Um, because it is um, Colin Robotham who used to do a lot of filming, a lot of the technical stuff for the club. It's his son. And oh, I forget the other guy's name as well, but they're really good. And it's those two doing it in conjunction with um, Hong Kong Paul. I, th I think he was the guy, Paul, that said, 
let's do this. He went to them, and they, they're, they're like the guys that are technically actually making it happen. No, it's very good. It's thoroughly so enjoyable. If you search on Twitter or YouTube for R E D Z F A N Z Z, um, you can get involved in all the content that they're providing. Now, um, remember Joseph Sharp, and he did some really cool videos and things, another, another young lad as well. There's somebody else now as well. So you've got to look on YouTube and Twitter for CTFC underscore JP. All right. And so he is doing highlight videos of player performances and any other pieces of interest. Um, uh, they're only a maximum of like the videos are like three minutes each but there's been a Jimmy Smith tribute a Bez Labala when football becomes an art video Glenn Morris's best saves video the story of Crawley versus Stoke and he is really good um, some of the best content I've seen probably put out there um, in, in terms of um, club stuff, actually. So if you've got three minutes here and there, definitely take a click on his YouTube links that he puts on Twitter or just, again, search on YouTube for um, CTFC underscore JP. Um, and they're all there ready and waiting to watch. It, it's really worth your time going to have a little look. Um, congratulations. Um, it, it's really, really great content again. Is this the, uh, the chap who records FIFA gameplay and then uh, uses um, your wise words to, to overlay. Do, do you know what? I didn't want to blow our own trumpet, but yeah, he, he does use, <laughs> he does use um, some of our podcast content to overlay on the video. It's gener it generally starts with me or you talking and being really disappointed, and then it gets exciting. <laughs> so we're like the bearers of bad news, and then it gets good. Well, we get us um, start recording some sound bites for him. Absolutely. We, yeah, we absolutely what a season <laughs> Crawley have had. <laughs> You can take that one. There you go. That's absolutely it. Um, right, next bit, after some good online content. Crawley are doing some really good stuff at the moment behind the scenes. Some really, really good stuff. The first one um, is, of course, financially difficult at the moment. So Crawley have set up a crowdfunder. If you don't know what crowdfunder is, it's basically anybody can do it. You go online, crowdfunder website, and you put a cause out there, and anybody can give money towards your cause. And in return, you give them um, special privileges or, or gifts or um, money can't buy stuff. So Crawley Town, of course, not in financial peril, but everybody needs a few quid at the moment. So they have set up a crowd funder um, so fans can help their club in its time of need. Um, so the, the non-furloughed staff are working really hard on this. The money raised from this scheme will contribute towards the short-term cash flow of the football club. We also want to ensure that we don't forget those who have already helped in our, us in our time of need. Therefore, 10% of all monies is going to go towards NHS Charities Together campaign. Um, this crowdfunder allows fans to eff effectively pre-order a number of items, but it also includes matchday hospitality and money can't buy stuff. So you can pre-buy tickets for next season, like you can buy two terrace tickets or West End tickets for next season, but the club get their money now, which is a great idea. I think Tom Ullman and, uh, and guys are behind this. Um, so well done, everybody. But you can also buy things like be assistant manager for the day, be in the squad. Assistant photo. manager for the day. I think yeah, I think it's I think it's um, for uh, uh, like an EFL trophy game or even a Sussex Senior Cup That's game. That's quite cool. But yeah, I think you sort of shadow John Yems well, for the day. Well, you know, we could do a little partnership. I'm sure manager and co-manager. Do you know what? We should have put on there um, be on a straight word podcast for a day, <laughs> of, like 250 quid. <laughs> Might have made some money. Um, but yeah, be in the squad photo, be an assistant manager, be the assistant kit man for a day. So money can't buy stuff. And they've already raised over £5,000, which, which is great. I think their initial campaign was to raise 30, which I thought, oh, blimey, that's ambitious. That was then um, reduced to £10,000. And they've already raised over half of that. So if you've contributed, fantastic. If you've not, please make sure um, you at least have a little look. 
Um, go on um, the club website or go on crowdfunder and search Crawley Town FC and you'll be able to find that and see what is available to you. Second thing, Crawley Ballers. Yes. Now, can again, I, again can spelt I just, with a Z. Can I just jump in here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, what is the obsession, first of all, with people naming things with Zs all the time with Crawley? I all the Ss are taken. used up, and, and Z is cool. So I th- I was quite proud of this, and I'm quite sad it hasn't really come together, to be honest. But I was going to arrange for a little surprise for this podcast, but it, it was 11am when we started recording, and unfortunately, Uber Eats don't deliver to our disclosed location just outside of Crawley. Um, but I was going to arrange for oh. Crawley Ballers to deliver to us. And maybe if I'd spoken to Erdo, he might have hand-delivered it himself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have tried it out, so I can give you a first-hand review of Crawley Ballers. Please do, go on. They have a five-star hygiene rating, which is what everyone Excellent. wants during this pandemic. Excellent. So that's great. Um, Standard-wise, I think they're probably doing it more to support the club than for your gourmet food, um, in all honesty. But, I mean... Where were we ever expecting it to be the next Michelin star restaurant? Probably not. At the end of the day, if you go to Nando's and ask for a burger, you pay like eight quid and you don't get a gourmet burger. You just get a nice bit of chicken. Yeah. Um, so I guess their price versus their quality, I'd probably give them a 3.5 out of star, may, maybe four out of five star rating. One comment there. I've looked through the menu and, and you know, I'm not averse to paying £8 for a burger. Or If you go to like five guys, it's like 12 quid for a burger. So the prices don't bother me in the slightest. Um... But uh, the one thing I do always have a grind about, if you go to a, a really big uh, football stadium, you go to a game or you go to a concert or something, I hate paying a lot of money for water. And a 500ml bottle of water, 500ml bottle of water, £1.75. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly the same grind I, I, that I, I have I, as well. I've been in retail. They cost 14p to buy. Wow, the lid's off now. You're overcharging us. But, hey. but you need to get yourself on some Nadison loaded chips. They really are the hype. I think they've renamed the chicken wings as well. Because I looked on the website today. It's now the Colonel Ken's chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got the Glen Morris Saver deal, the Joe Mac and Cheese. Um, so they've really gone to town with the names. Um, and it's got a lot of attention. Tom Orman was, I think it was on Talk Sport and also BBC South East. So getting lots of attention. And it's just great to see the club thinking outside the box with the crowdfunder, with the Crawley Ballers. It's never going to bring in tens of thousands of pounds, but it's just nice to see like that the, they're really thinking and, and, and trying hard. So it's uh, go via the club website or you can go direct to www.crawleyballers with a Z on the end, .co.uk. And you can also order via the Uber Eats app. And they're open and every well. day, 12 till 10 p.m. I, I couldn't find an opening time on the website. 12 till 10 p.m. They're there. Are you the official spokesperson of? We need to get that on the website because I looked for it this morning and I couldn't order because I didn't know what time it was open until. Um, but maybe next podcast, whenever that is, we could maybe maybe get a little one delivered mid-podcast. Maybe. How about we do the next one from the stadium car park? Yeah, get it freshly picked and up. And people can come and watch us do a podcast. There we go. Money I mean, can't buy. You won't last long because it doesn't look very <laughs> exciting. But, uh, Two blokes sitting means. on a park bench with, uh, with their microphones and a red pop shield. Uh, looking more professional than we actually are. Right, so there's a couple of really good things that the club are doing at the moment. Um, I've got to, I've got to bring it down a bit. Sorry, it can't all be, it can't all be bells and whistles and nice things. You're and not going to moan about the match program, rainbows again, are you? and puppies. No, it's not. Because um, I did mention it earlier, just briefly. Now, when we asked, I'm going to jump back to the start of the podcast and say, when we asked, what do you want us to talk about? 
Um, somebody did come back and say, would it be controversial to ask what happened to Kelly? We still haven't had a full explanation apart from briefly at the fans forum. And I replied and said, um, not on this episode, it, it would only be speculation anyway. And until there's actual information, we, 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 there's no need to discuss it until we have a little bit of info, OK? Do you have actual information now then? Well, kind of, because um, Hong Kong Paul put out a tweet yesterday um, and he said, I've had a nice chat with my pal Paul Scally, who was the chairman at Gillingham Football Club, um, where Kelly is now working. And he said... Um, uh, regards Paul Scully, I don't think there's a more switched on owner in the Football League. And in Paul Scully's own words, thanks for recommending Kelly. She is the best employee I've hired in years. Um, and Paul said he's absolutely over the moon. And I, and I think most people will be yeah, as well. Yeah, I think all the comments on that post were, were positive and rightly so. Yeah, I've got a couple. So um, DF said, that's great to hear our Kelly has landed a job. We should never have let her go. Craig Bratt said, oh, I'm so pleased for Kelly has been snapped up. The woman deserves the footballing word world uh, ross said sad that it shows the level of mistake the owners have made here when you uh, when you have to hope doesn't come back to bite us in future jed jones says will always be the one that got away for ctfc uh, she did a top job and loved it good to hear she's doing well and then Craig Derham, uh, Kelly's husband, replied to Paul and said, big thanks to Paul. When times get tough, good friends are needed and Kelly truly appreciates your friendship. Also, all the support and kind words from all the Crawley fans still brings a tear to my eye when I read them. Hopefully the Gills will see her worth soon. Um, he said, I must also add a massive thank you to all the people within the industry that have phoned and messaged Kelly privately, from ex-managers to other club directors, forever grateful of your support and kindness. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Kelly. I think she's been. I think she's been there a little while, but again, we've never had a, like an official um, congratulations. But it, she is at Gillingham now, so well done to Kelly. And I, I agree with all those comments. Um, she's the one that got the way. Again, the way it was done was just just awful. Um, uh, but we, we all have to move on. It, I, I'm still interested to know in the future when we have information why why did it happen and why did it happen like that. But until then. Um, let's let's come back to it in the future when we've actually got some, some info. Um, right, Jonathan, I have got my next bit of news that this is just my own personal opinion. It's poor, and I've got a little soundbite to play you, um, which sums up uh, my, my thoughts a little bit. Shame. 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 Is that from a certain Game of Thrones? Shame. Yeah. Shame. Right. So, <laughs> if you know what Game of Thrones that's about. Okay, now, there was a tweet by the club on June the 16th, and it said, Calling all videographers! We are looking for two videographers to film on match days when the new season gets underway. If you are local and available on Saturdays to join us at the People's Pension Stadium, please email uh, crawleytownfc.com. I went back, and I said, oh, that's fantastic. Um, I went back and replied, and I said, brilliant. We'll raise awareness of this on the podcast this weekend. Can you tell us what the pay is and the benefits um, are to the successful applicants? <laughs> so are you a living wage employer? <laughs> the club replied. Um, successful applicants will gain crucial experience at a professional League Two club with the opportunity to have their work used and published to thousands of viewers, accelerating their chances of finding a full-time job in the world of media. So they're the benefits, no mention on the pay, because once again, shamefully, absolutely shamefully, the club will not be paying um, the videographer. 
I find yeah. it appalling. I think we're past past this stage in in uh, in where the world is at the moment. I mean, yeah, I get that the media world is a world that a lot of people want to be be in and get into, and it's very hard to. And sometimes you have to take that kind of jump on and and not get paid anything. But I think certainly for Crawley, who want to be such a community engaging club, they're very good with families. I think it is very very shameful that they are still not paying. Like, come on, guys, just it, pay. It, it's do not give me the exposure line bollocks, okay? Because you can apply that to everybody at the club. The players, are you paying them? Yes. Why? Because they're getting exposure. Of course, nobody dreams of playing at League Two. They want to play in the Premier League and Championship, so they're getting the exposure. Why are you paying them? Um, I can't go into Ralph Lauren and say, oh, I don't want to pay for this shirt, but I'll tell you what, I'll wear it round town and give you some exposure. How about that? It, it is, it's a line that's been overused, and it is absolute rubbish. Um, so you're paying the playing staff, you're paying office off, you're paying program sellers, stewards, turnstile officer operators, but they don't want to pay, arguably, somebody that off the field is possibly the most skilled person. So they've got to buy their own equipment, train themselves, go to the match, film it, go home afterwards, create the content that the club benefit from. Why the hell are they not getting paid? And they want a young local person at a community-based club who's putting more hours in than anybody else on a match day, and that person doesn't get paid. Absolutely disgusting. And I, the, the only way I'd have sympathy with, with, with this is if Crawley had a full-blown media department, maybe like somewhere like Brighton, where they're all pr already producing great quality content and they've got someone employed at the end of the day to do it. But Crawley don't have that. This person is essentially going to be that media department in that sense, aren't they? And they're going to be pumping out all or expected to pump out that content. And yeah, I think that's wrong in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's my thoughts on it. Um, pretty disgraceful. Can't even pay expenses. No mention of a food voucher either. Um, yeah, really, really important. And for all the good things the club does, they trip themselves up with little things like this. Um, and you know what? Their comeback might be, look, coronavirus, no finances, we can't afford to. If you can't afford to pay them, don't have them. End of story. Even just expenses, like you say. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Um, right, a couple of updates now on things like the... This, you know, I, I, I get bored of myself saying it, but just to let people know, the scoreboard... Um, it's still going. It, yeah, no, but th there is a scoreboard. However, unfortunately, and completely understandably, um, there was a video update between... Um, uh, Erdem that put on the website a couple of weeks ago. And again, understandably, not physically possible at the moment, I think, during the pandemic to get people to come up and put a scoreboard up. It's not that important, really, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Paul uh, Erdem did also say thanks to Paul for the scoreboard. He's been an important fan and a member of the Crawley family and hopefully up for the start of next season, of course, COVID-19 um, dependent. So at least there is one now and hopefully we'll have that up soon. And the second update... Flags, Jonathan. Do you remember? Do you remember flags uh, for the for the home terrace to make yeah, it more yeah, of yeah. a fortress? Um, and I think the week they were made, um, we went into lockdown. So we've not they've not been up yet, of course. But there has been some images on the Crawley Town fans Facebook pages, and they look really, really good. They look really nice. There's especially a massive one with um, Bruce Winfield's face on or silhouette oh, of his face on. It's really, lovely. really nice. Yeah, it's great. So look forward to seeing those. Um, next season. And if, did you say you had something to add 
sort of Broadfield buzz. Yeah, just a, a small thing at the moment, but it might become more prevalent and uh, noticeable in the in the coming months. But uh, I had a chat uh, to, well, they're a Bristol Rovers fan, I believe, but uh, which is why I mentioned them about the Sam Matthews transfer. But they're also starting up this uh, this app called Fan Hub, um, and it's uh, it's going to be launched initially on iOS, so for Apple devices uh, later this year, and basically. Their mission is to recognize and reward fan loyalty. And this, you know, can be by just doing things that fans would do, such as attending games, creating and consuming contents like Joseph and his content that he creates, but also this podcast as well. We, we are fans at the end of the day, and we, we just create it for the love of it so that you can consume it and uh, find out more about the club. Also playing prediction games, getting the scoreline, but also it's not a betting app, so it's kind of that fun aspect of of protecting games um, and also engaging with other fans and that all contributes to something called a fan score um, and this score is then will rank you within your club within the league but also across all the football leagues um, in England so that they can recognize the most dedicated fans so this, this is really good. Yeah. This it, is really good. It's really promising when I when I was speaking to the, the person who's developing this. Um, and then there are awards for the most loyal fans uh, from kind of discounts to maybe your club's football shirts or even, I'm told, hard cash. Blimey. <laughs> Everybody loves the cash. A bit of cash under the uh, tax evasion. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's still being um, it's still being moulded and designed. Um, so I'm pretty sure you'll hear probably more news about this in, in the coming months. I think us as a podcast are quite excited by the idea of this. We, at the end of the day, our philosophy as a podcast is for fans, by fans. And this app is very much uh, the same way uh, being designed, that it's for fans, by fans as well. So I, I think it's going to be really promising and really exciting to see what happens with that because, um, yeah, fans sometimes get forgotten about. How, how many points do you get for going to an away Sussex Senior Cup game? Well, I think they <laughs> I think they uh, calculate the mileage that you travel to get there. There, there might be some waiting... Uh, GH coaches have got this sorted, haven't they? Because <laughs> I think we're like the third most travelled team in the country. Guys, if you travel on the GH coaches, get on this fan hub and you're going to be winning prizes easily, surely. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing what the prizes are going to be like as well. How many um, points for running a club podcast? <laughs> well, I, I don't know the specifics of that yet, but uh, surely it's got to be a good good 100 points or something. Make up for all those away games we miss, eh? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll keep you posted with that. The app's not published yet, but I'm told it's coming in the next few months. So I'm sure you'll hear things on the podcast, on our Twitter, uh, when that becomes available. Um, and it will be great for also for the people creating that um, app to hear your feedback as well. Perfect. Thanks, Jonathan. I think that will round out Broadfield Buzz, I think. Right, and finally, Jonathan, for any new listeners, we always finish with added time. And this is things that just didn't fit in um, to the other bits uh, throughout the podcast. So first of all, um, it's worth noting, I think most people know, but just regards ticket refunds on season tickets, because it was a big question. Um, but if you don't know, 
Crawley Town have confirmed that the procedure um, for the four remaining home games of the Curtail 2019 season, um, subject to approval from the EFA, the refund procedure. So they have decided to adopt a pro rata stance into regards to refunds, with the money being paid back calculated on the cost of each cancelled league game. The club will also be offering fans a chance to renounce their respective claims. Do you know what? I th I'm so impressed and proud by so many people have said, I don't want my refund. Um, really, really great. And I think maybe somehow all the fans that have said, no, thank you. Uh, I, I, I thank you in return somehow. But again, I'm also doubting myself because some people, it's great to say, yeah, I don't need the money. But some people at the moment really, really do need that money. Um, so uh, whatever you've decided... And um, that's the news for you on the update. You can get a refund if you want it. Now, yesterday there was an update. If you bought individual match tickets for remaining fixtures, um, you'll be able to collect refunds from Monday the 22nd of June. In regards to away games, Port Vale, Swindon and Morecambe, you need to obtain a refund from the club in person because those respective clubs need the physical tickets back to, to sort of do their re reconciliation. Um, I'm going to finish with two really good bits of news from the club. The Reds have partnered with Medi4 Ambulance Services. So they're delighted to announce a new partnership with Medi4, uh, which will see them become our official medical partners as well, as well as occupying office space at the People's Pension Stadium. Um, I, I can only assume, I'll try and find out, we're getting some sort of income for that rented office space. So it's, it's another income stream, which is great. Partnership comes at an important time for both companies, tackling the coronavirus head-on, whilst everyone at Tall Crawley Town tackles the financial impact of the virus. And finally, I've saved the best or last, Crawley Town next season are donating 2,000 tickets to key workers. So over the course of next season, they'll be donating 2,000 tickets to all NHS and care staff, Royal Mail employees, Royal Mail employees and supermarket workers so they can enjoy a game at the People's Pension Stadium. Starting with our first league game in front of a crowd, there'll be over 300 tickets available to the above sectors to form to form part of what will be built as Crawley's uh, Crawley Town Community Day. Brilliant. Right, how how good's that? Really, really nice to see. Fantastic. Well done to the club. Um, so that is added time. That's brought for your buzz season review. Anything you want to add on the end? I mean, I don't know if it'll be three months till our next podcast. Hopefully not. I think we'll, what we'll definitely do once we've got, we'll leave it probably a month, I think, until we've had some more transfers and things or unless something, I'm going to say, unless something ridiculous happens. Remember the last time that happened. Said that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, expect us back in a month or so, but we'll, we'll try to be a bit more active online. Um, anything to add right at the end, Jonathan? I don't think so, apart from... Thank you for still listening. Thank you for contributing to the podcast. Ultimately, this podcast wouldn't be anything without your interaction. So thanks for the, the little DMs we get just encouraging us along or the little bits of information that you've picked up from speaking to players or, or just things that you're doing during lockdown to, to help yourselves get through. It's always nice seeing how other fellow football fans kind of get through it. I'll also be interested to know how are people finding the, um, if you've seen it, um, Sky's coverage of the football that has started back and all the um, the fake fan cheering. The you, you can choose now, I think, on some games to have augmented cheering in the background. So I think it was a Man City game the other day. You could either watch it normally in silence and just the commentators or you could have fake crowd noise. And it was actually quite good with the fake noise. It, it really made a, mu a much better sort of um, watching spectacle. So, yeah, it'll be cool to hear your perceptions of that. And also we'll keep on chatting to see... Uh, to see what it might look like for Crawley. When are we going to be back in the stadium? Uh, it could be as soon as September. Could, could be September, could, could be, be January. Let's just hope by the next time we have a podcast, maybe not the next one, but the one after that, 
We'll have an actual match review to do something with. Um, even preseason friendlies. So are we going to go to those? Who knows? But uh, again, just to say again what Jonathan said, thank you so much for listening. We know it's been a little while. We're going to be back more regularly. Keep in touch online. We love it when you talk to us because it gives us really great content for the podcast. But for now, a final thank you. We'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>